Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable (coughs) planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Dirt Radio. I'm your host, Phil Evans, and we're coming at you from the Kulin Nation, from Nam, also known as Melbourne. Um, big respect to all elders, past, present and emerging out there. And um, there's a great forum on tonight, actually, over in Northcote around Treaty, which um, I'm looking forward to about yeah. six o'clock tonight. So check it out. That's up and you can find out all those details, of course, by checking out the Friends of the Earth Melbourne Facebook page, which is full of events, uh, all sorts of happenings happening around the city, around the country, and um, around for environmental and social justice, because that's what we're all about at Friends of the Earth. In the studio today with me, I have a very special guest, Lena. Hi, Lena. Hi. We are going to chat about all sorts of things today, but first of all, I wanted to play a little bit of a teaser conversation that uh, involves you, yes? Yeah, so um, today is the 15th of May, which is the day that we are launching our podcast um, that I've worked on with Marley Rabel, who is a researcher from the US. Um, We made a series called Condemned to the Labyrinth. Um, it's on iTunes and SoundCloud at the moment. It will also be on Spotify soon. Uh, and it's all about detention centres and incarceration of people seeking asylum um, under the Australian state. All right, let's have a little listen to the teaser. <laughs> Welcome to Condemned to the Labyrinth. The ever-shifting maze of policy, bureaucracy, and exclusion of people seeking asylum in so-called Australia. This is a mini-series of conversations exploring the frustratingly complex nature of the detention industry in so-called Australia. What has been set up over the last 15 years has been uh, the, the legal architecture for a system of detention and deterrence of people who come in the way that we don't like, or we say we don't like, which is largely arriving by boat. We discuss how immigration policies are designed to exhaust and confuse people seeking asylum. Connecting these issues to the ongoing discrimination of people of colour and the hypocritical position of a colonial government attempting to control access to land that they have stolen. The inherent nature of the system is very punitive and and we are punishing people um, for being poor, 
、uh, we're punishing people for being people of color, disabled. That it is an easy option to punish people for the failures of the system. Because to confront the failures of the system means to confront the failures of the government. We enter into dialogue with people who have critically thought, written, and spoken about the immigration apparatus, and together we attempt to uncover what makes this system so effectively oppressive and incapacitating. To break the detention industry, we have to、uh, consider the fact that we're actually talking about. Breaking patriarchal structure and systems of operation that、uh, hold those things up, whether it's neoliberalism or colonialism, racism, sexism, extractivism—they're all part of the same mechanisms that have been used and tried and tested throughout the course of civilization, particularly on colonies such as Australia,、uh, to achieve outcomes, commercial outcomes for particular industrialized industries. It's, um, it's kind of big. It's very big. It's very big. <laughs> it's kind of not something you can put into a sentence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Join us for six captivating conversations premiering Tuesday, May fifteenth, on Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting platform. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It sounds、uh, really exciting.、Um, sounds like a fascinating experience.、Uh, series exploring really like some of the like. The root causes that are、mm. like you know why or how we've ended up in this crazy、yeah. system、yeah. of just ah,、yeah. <laughs> which I think is、um, like when we started making the series, that's exactly where we were starting from. It was kind of like how did how on earth did we get here、mm. to have such inhumane policies,、um, and also looking at the illogical reasonings behind it. Um, and how it's being justified to us as the Australian constituents. So、um, we decided to go and talk to a bunch of people who、uh, have worked in this space for a really long time,、mm. um, have spent decades、um, analysing policies,、um, analysing laws on an international scale and an Australian specific scale,、uh, and just kind of trace the trace the Developments over the last twenty years, but also the last two hundred and thirty years of colonization on this land, and how that's related to what we see today in terms of immigration policies. Sure,、um, and I know you're no stranger, particularly to this subject. I think、um, we met maybe on a on a front line at some sort of refugee protest. <laughs> yeah, it's very likely. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I have always admired、um, the work of yourself and the collective you're with,、uh, the Whistleblowers Activists and Citizens Alliance.、Mm. Wacker, check them out online. Aka、mm. Wacker on Twitter. They're prolific on Twitter. Really follow them. <laughs>、um, and I've, I've always loved the、uh, the really strong.、Um, You know, not a bunch of cis white men out the front with、mm. megaphones telling everyone what to do, which is really refreshing、um, from、uh, from being around in an activist space for a long time. I noticed in the in that teaser for the podcast,、um, you were delving into all sorts of things, including the patriarchy. I'm sitting here in my smash the patriarchy, not the forest T-shirt, which、yeah. you can get online at the moment at shop.fo.org.au.、Mm. A little plug in the middle there. That's good. <laughs>、um, so. Really, like you know, like、um, what's it been like for yourself、uh, um, engaging in in the in the activist space around refugees? Is, I mean, it, it's very emotionally difficult. I find. How、yeah. do you find it? Yeah, it's 
really, really taxing. Um, I think also uh, being someone who's been socialized as a female um, and seeing a lot of other people in the spaces that I inhabit around refugee issues being predominantly people who've also been socialized as a female, uh, you know, you're trying to be very empathetic. Um, and so it's very, like, you see a lot of bleeding hearts everywhere, mm. which is, um, yeah, it's really hard to kind of balance, um, you know, taking care of yourself as well as doing the best you can in those in those spaces and actually doing productive work. Um, I've been doing detention centre visits since 2014 um, and I go every week and it's, it's really, really hard and I, I always say to people um, when they ask me if they can come to the detention centre with me, I always say, well, make sure you think about it a lot first because I didn't. When I first went, I was like, this is something that's, you know, I'm passionate about refugee rights. I'm going to go do this. And um, I had no idea what I was actually getting into. I didn't realize it was a prison. I didn't realize the way the the, the um, conditions people were being kept in, um, the, the way they were feeling about their situations, the trauma that they were um, experiencing from being in those centers and those prisons. Um, and it really, yeah, I was not ready for this huge commitment that I'd undertaken Mm. um so yeah it's it's really hard but at the same time um the reason I do activism is because I know that uh I lead a very privileged life and therefore it's my responsibility to be able to 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 use the time and the resources and the privileges I have to give back to people who are being discriminated against and facing a lot of structural violence so yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, you say that uh, people need to really um, to think a little bit before going in. Yeah. Um, and I 100% agree um, around the idea of, you know, like a sustainable work. However, um, really, like for me, like a huge part of the, the problem lies in the how invisible it is mm. to, to the rest of society and yeah. how this has just become a political issue rather than a human issue. A human issue, it? exactly. Yeah. Um, which we also speak. So we spoke to Shen Narayana Sami, who's the human rights director at Get Up in the podcast Condemned to the Labyrinth. And um, one of the biggest, uh, I guess, points that I took away from that conversation was changing the language from refugee rights to human rights mm. and that it's not about um, being a refugee. It's about being a human and your basic rights to be able to um, cross borders and that, that, that these should not be... Um, discriminatory issues that these shouldn't be things where certain people aren't allowed to access those um those places uh and i think what you were saying about the invisibilize invisibilization of the issue uh is yeah it's really um insidious in australia the way that um we distance ourselves from these kind of issues in the same way that indigenous issues are also um objectified and dehumanized in the Australian political climate um I think it gets really hard when it then when you try to cross that over into um the I guess visiting community at detention centers um because as long as 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 much as we do need more people supporting and going to the centers we also need people um understanding the complexities of visiting at a detention center because you know then it's not um it's not a zoo it's not uh somewhere where you can just kind of like go in and uh I guess like 
assuage some of your white guilt. It's like, you know, you're visiting people who are in a really, really difficult situation with a really, mm. really complicated issues. Um, so I think what I learned over the years was that that going being being someone who visits at a detention center is a really big commitment and you have to go every week and you have to build those relationships. Mm. Um, and it's not something you can just kind of do ad hoc. We're talking with um, Lena, who is just part of a new podcast called Condemning the Labyrinth. Condemned to the Labyrinth. Condemned to the Labyrinth. Sorry, <laughs> That's <Lena>. okay. <laughs> um, how does someone find copies of that at the moment? Sure. Uh, so we've got a website. It's um, So Condemned to the Labyrinth is part of an overarching serial series called Carceral Complex, which is about um, incarceration systems around the world. Um, so you can go to the website, Carceral Complex podcast.wordpress.com um, we're also on iTunes at Castle Complex and SoundCloud Fantastic mm-hmm. um, we're going to continue talking with uh, Lena in a moment but I wanted to just take a little break play a little music and uh, and get a few uh, bums off seats and see if we can get a few people dancing and listen to a little bit of Combat Wombat Located in the heart of Thornbury, the Islamic Museum of Australia showcases the cultural and artistic heritage of Australian Muslims. Don't miss our latest youth-based exhibition, Ways to be Muslim, and immerse yourself in a series of photographic portraits and unique personal narratives. This exhibition is hosted in partnership with Muslim Collective and the Victorian State Government and is showing until July 8th. Visit the museum website for more information. Islamic Museum of Australia is a 3CR supporter. You're listening to 3CR. This is Dirt Radio and I'm your host, Phil Evans, coming at you on a lovely Tuesday morning. I'm joined in the studio by Lena Winoto, who is... uh, We've been talking about Condemned to the Labyrinth, a new... uh, podcast series exploring the uh, human rights if you, issues around the detention mm. of uh, refugees. Um, I'm learning to uh, shift my language thanks <laughs> to uh, the wonderful conversation we've been having before. And you can always catch up with the podcast. Um, check out 3cr.org.au. There's a whole heap of shows. And don't forget to subscribe while you're there. We're going to shift tack a little bit and talk a little about one of my favourite events in the grassroots calendar, the Students of Sustainability Conference. So it's an annual conference of the Australian Student Environment Network. And, um, well, actually, the conference predates ASIN itself, according to the wonderful uh, source of information that I have. Oh, I um, didn't know that. It started back in um, 1991 at the ANU um, and then changed, I think it was called Student Science and Sustainability back then, and then changed its name in 1995 to Students and Sustainability, and then in 2003 to Students of Sustainability. So there's a long history. Um, It predates predates me going there. I think the first one I went to was around 2011, I think. Oh, no, 2012, maybe in Bendigo, I think. I don't know now, <laughs> but it was um, it was a life changing experience mm. for me to see so much uh, intersectional work, um, so much thought, so much real synthesis of uh, social and environmental justice mm. conversations happening around um, in one particular space, and especially led by young people, which is always sends chills down my spine as a former teacher as well. <laughs> um, do you remember the first time you came across Students of Sustainability, Lena? Um, I went to the conference. The first conference I went to uh, was the 2015 one mm-hmm. in Adelaide. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like I mean I love that it goes to a different city each year. I think that's mm. such a great um way to make sure people can attend it. Uh but it does make it very hard to keep track of which one was which. Um and so I must have I think I was involved with the yeah, I was involved with the environments network at the university I attend. Um and so we'd been talking about it before and then we all went together. It was really nice. Um, yeah, I had a great time. Um, I really love all the workshops that they, um, put on and that it's also really, um, like there's a very low barrier so that people can run their own workshops and, you know, it's so easy to apply and say like, this is something I'm interested in and be able to go and have conversations with other people about it. It's really great. Yeah. It's a, it's a really, um, phenomenal space. Um, if, uh, listeners, and I'm going to tell you how to get um, tickets really soon because they are now available and you should be snapping them up because it helps make the conference run easier mm-hmm. if people uh, get involved earlier. But I'm just looking um, now through a list of uh, the places where it's been and it really has been all over the country. Um, I mean, I know it's taken me from Bendigo to Tasmania to Canberra to mm. Brisbane to Newcastle, the home of the world's largest coal port. Um, It's just, it is really phenomenal and beautiful the way that uh, the Australian uh, Student Environment Network, ASIN, actually organise it and and have uh, people in each of those cities Mm. be able to step up and take the lead and and really shine and show their Mm. um, their organisational skills. Yeah, and and it's different each year because of that as well because you've got each... Um, like the the local ASIN people organizing each conference in all the different places. So it's always got a different flavor to it. And it's really great um, also just as an organizer myself, like learning the different ways people put on conferences and seeing like the things that they prioritize over, you know, the SOS from last year, for example. And so it's, yeah, it's really um, the whole process is just great. Mm. (laughs) Speaking of process, I want to talk about dancing. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so um, there's two things I want to touch on around <laughs> dancing. One of them is uh, this weekend just passed. Mm. Um, there was a fund raver. Fund raver. My favourite kind of fund. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you were there and I know you were doing yeah. a workshop on dancing. How was the How was the event over the weekend? Oh, it was so beautiful. It was at um, a friend's house. And they've got a really nice big backyard. And we were a bit worried because of the weather. It was quite rainy on Friday. Um, and so some of the Asian folk spent a lot of time putting up tarps and things like that just uh-huh. in case it was gonna be it was gonna be wet weather on Saturday as well. But luckily it was pretty fine. Um there were a lot of really beautiful musicians. Um Alicia Joy and Danica Smith both played, mm. who are some of my favorites in Melbourne. Um and there was food. Um we had actually <laughs> The thing I was most excited about was um, they had uh, potato gems in, like, little newspaper cones. You could just get, like, a little cone of potato <laughs> gems, which is just, like, amazing. That's what you want on a cold, you know, Saturday afternoon. I um, could go some now. Right? <laughs> Literally any time. Um, and there were a, a lot of different workshops that ran. There was one uh, Native Bee Hotel making workshop. Mm. Um, there was... 
Uh, oh, what else was there? There were more. There was one about um, dancing, I believe. I- <laughs> <laughs> yes, there was. <laughs> there, there have been rumors that that happened. <laughs> um, the other thing around dancing as well, we've only got a couple of minutes left, um, was uh, around the way that um, the uh, the city for the next year is chosen at the um, Students of Sustainability Conference. Do you know how that works? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a great, really great uh, method, process, um, <laughs> where there's a dance-off between all the different cities that are interested in hosting it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm. Um, and then whoever uh, does the best dancing wins. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah. The point of that being, look, there are thousands of really good workshops. And if people have workshops, I still think they have mm. time to put in ideas. So if you are sitting on a amazing source of information, then come and share it. Because yeah. that's what it's all about, really. Yeah. Sharing skills, sharing knowledge, um, you know, sharing experiences as, uh, you know, we grow our movement for uh, social and environmental justice. And, and really, it's a great place to... Um, get to know some First Nations people as well who travel from around Australia to be part of this important event and listen to some voices that maybe you haven't heard so much before um, around, especially in the environment movement, which can be very... um, in a particular way. (laughs) I'm just not going to touch that. Um, (laughs) And also, um, if you are at a university, you can talk to your environments... Uh, department um, because a lot of them will be connected to ASIN and you can get uh, help paying for tickets if you if you struggle. Yeah, for sure. Financially, um, yeah. Which is a great segue into me plugging the availability of tickets right now. That's right. You can jump onto um, the World Wide Web and go to Students of Sustainability, all in lowercase and all as one word, .org. Um, check out the website there. It's got heaps more information about um, what workshops have run in the past, uh, what workshops you can apply to put on, um, promotions that are happening, um, how you get tickets, most mm. importantly, which are really good. The conference itself runs from the 7th to the 11th of July. Um, you can go in early and uh, be part of the pack-up and set-up teams, um, which is a fun way to get to know people and make relationships that will last a lifetime or more. Um, Single-day tickets. Uh, so that includes lunch and dinner on the elected day that you want to come are just $40. Two-day tickets are just $80. Um, Under-18s and high school tickets are $80 as well. There are currently um, early bird unemployed pensioner tickets, which are 120 for the whole conference. Um, normal tickets, as they're calling them here, or a standard ticket price, is $150. Um, and they will go end on the 30th of May, which is kind of soon. So jump on and grab mm. your tickets soon, because you've only got two weeks to take advantage of some awesome early bird ticket prices. If you're interested in hearing more stories about students of sustainability, jump onto foe.org.au. There's a wonderful account by um, Cameron and uh, and, uh, oh, and another fellow, I can't remember who it is now, um, talking about um, their first experiences of, um, of the conference. And um, so it kind of gives you a really good flavour of what it's like to step into the space. And if you have any more questions at all, jump onto Facebook and find the event and ask the questions there. Yeah. But most importantly, get your tickets now and get along to this amazing event. Yeah, we'll see you there. I am looking forward to it. 
Um, I want to thank you so much, Lena, for coming in today and talking about all sorts of things. Mm, it was my pleasure. No, it was my pleasure. No, it was my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I've only got two minutes left, so I better chuck on a track. Um, you've been listening to 3CR. This is Dirt Radio. Uh, we'll be back next week. Coming up real soon, we've got uh, our six months to make a difference election series coming up. We're going to drill into the five main asks that uh, Friends of the Earth has in the build-up to the state election. So stay tuned to that. For now, stay tuned for some more wonderful Community Radio on 3CR. This is The Avalanches.